welcome to the Produce Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel, and I'm thrilled to bring you a conversation today with Wendy Reinhart-Kapsack, the president and CEO of the Produce for Better Health Foundation. PBH recently held its annual Consumer Connections Conference, where it brings together people from all different professions who interact with consumers about food at different touch points. So from retail and food service to food bloggers and social media influencers and beyond. And one of the presentations at PBH was about the power of habits and how as an industry, we can leverage that to get people eating more fruits and vegetables. To me, it's a conversation with big marketing and merchandising implications and big potential for influencing consumers in an incredibly positive way. So with that, we will take it over to our conversation with Wendy. So Wendy, obviously the the retail dietitians are a, a big part of the the audience here. Yes. What's kind of the the origin story of having them involved in this organization and so much of what you all do? So there is no doubt that the produce industry is very interested in what retail's doing, and obviously it's a big channel for them to sell their products. Um, and then PBH, um, long before I came, right, their core, you know, a core is health and nutrition. And so dietitians are natural produce promoters, dietitians who are natural produce promoters. Oh, and they work in retail. Um, <laughs> that sounds good, doesn't it? So um, I cannot take credit for PDH's in- initial program with retail dietitians. That was my predecessor and beloved um, industry colleague to many, Elizabeth Pavanka. And so she really saw that that was an opportunity as retail dietitians became more prominent um, within their retailers and were doing so many things to help in- promote produce and ensure the actual you know, sale and, and putting it into the basket. So, um, so PBH has had a longstanding relationship with retailers and not just to invite them to events, um, but also for them to impart their knowledge as a part of PBH education program prep programming directly to consumers. So many retail dietitians, even many more today now, because I mentioned as a part of the conference that we've increased our retail dietitian program by a lot. Um, they are providing content for our website. And in doing so, they're obviously promoting fruits and vegetables, which is a win for everyone. Very cool. And I know you said, I think you all have 300 plus have a plant ambassadors now in your yes. your roster? Yes. So more than tripled um, the initial number in just uh, you know three years. So we're really proud of that. And there's many more what we would call advocates online. So these are people who are not necessarily content contributors um, or opinion leaders, let's say, in their area, but they believe and they believe in the power of fruits and vegetables and they have a plant movement. So it's really fantastic. Very cool. Well, and I, I love that what you guys, we, we talk about in this context, increasing consumption, but it all translates very easily to increasing sales, which is more the typical yeah. language of the industry too, right. I think, right? Right, <laughs> absolutely. And you know, what we've talked about too is, or some of the other like opinion pieces that I've written is the sale is really important. It, it signifies an initial conversion, you know, um, but what we don't want it to do be is just a, a conversion, like just one transaction. We want people to um, have greater fruit and vegetable consumption habits. And so that means a repeat purchase, i.e. based on a really positive experience. And I think you heard more about that today um, during our education sessions. So we're extremely committed to being self-reflective and to engaging with a broad-based community um, that touches consumers where, you know, they purchase um, the products and or select them and maybe even, you know, make them or prepare them at home and really get them to want to not just be a one and done, 
uh, but to play the long game and make mm-hmm. sure that we have fruit and vegetable consumption habits uh, at every meal and snack occasion. Well, and, and you mentioned habits, and of mm-hmm. course, um, Dr. Wendy Wood talked about that today as well, um, and some of the things that, that go into forming those habits, right? Yes. The, the reward and it being easy. That's right. And so I, I love that the, you know, a thrust of this conference was really talking about, okay, the these are the criteria, right? How do we make fruits and vegetables fit these more yes. in our, our marketing, our merchandising, yes. you know, the, the pack, pack types, you know, all those kind yeah. of things. Right. I mean, so what Dr. Wendy would, I mean, another Wendy, I mean, yes. what's so, um, so she described essentially what we might call the anatomy of a habit. So that's a familiar context coupled with the actual action that we want to get people to do. And then, um, and then a reward associated with that. And there are two points that we real she really pushed home. I think for everybody, whether they were in retail food service, public health and, or the industry. And that was we have to make it easy. And we do that by removing or reducing friction. And what we, we talked about that in terms of consumers. And so, um, friction can be anything that's kind of like a barrier. And, but then we also tried to turn the conversation a little bit on ourselves and said, what would be some examples of friction, let's say, um, in retail and or food service or the public health community that we need to also say, we, we have friction in our own systems. So an example might be an area of friction might be, um, that you have, uh, one person, let's say, um, merchandising, and that person has a real, real, you know, love for, um, you know, not necessarily grab and go. I'm just making this up, but so, but we know that if we have grab and go, that's going to remove the friction. So, or, you know, there might be friction for one area that's not really a seasonal item. So for example, when we switch out our merchandising techniques, let's say it's um, from summer to fall, we're going to see those some and this is normal, uh, but we need to recognize that there could be friction now for other commodity groups just because of their location. Yeah. Um, the idea that, oh my gosh, I might have to like reach for something um, <laughs> is what, you know, what Dr. Wendy Wood talked yeah. about. So, so consumers have friction points or obviously rate limiting points uh, that impede maybe their, their selection and or their purchase. But we too, regardless of the sector we work in or the channel we work in, we too have our own friction points, our own systems for which we may need to take a look at and say, how do I make this easier for consumers? What's my part in that journey? Mm-hmm. It makes sense. And, and once you start thinking in those terms, you see you see it in so many places. That's right. right. Yes. Like even, um, you know, Amazon, the, the master of reducing friction, right? Where you yeah. have the one click buy button. I mean, yes. what's more frictionless than that? I right? know. <laughs> I know. I'm a little nervous about, you know, purchase right now, like, um, or go to my cart. But yes, I do. <laughs> uh, I know exactly what you're thinking. And, and you know, retail, we talked a lot about retail doing so much in e-commerce now that's really kind of maybe taking away some of those barriers, meaning re- making repeat purchase easy. What yeah. we want to see, in the, and so uh, Allison Delaney, um, talked with us and she, uh, from retail. And she said, you know, she said, that's 101. Just the, you brought this before, you want to click and buy it again. Um, the net, the 201 now is how do I get you to level up and maybe make some healthier choices within your existing um, 
typical purchases. And then 301 might be, how do we use even more sophisticated analytics to see what you're buying and then make suggestions to you and make those suggestions really easy, kind of one click Mm -hmm. and done. So I think that progression will be really interesting to watch in e-commerce. And if it were me and there was an interest in health and wellness, let's say from the top or even from my customer base, ooh, I feel like the race is on Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, leverage retail as a real community partner in creating you know, healthy communities that are eating more fruits and vegetables. Well, and I was talking with with one one attendee today, and she was talking about you know filters on the the website. Okay. On how you can can you could search by you know usage, right? Um, yeah. We're talking oh, yeah. about potatoes and how different potatoes are are best for different uses. That's right. And being able to search for different uses usage occasions, and it makes me think of even when you know if I search on a website for clothing. Right. I can shop by yeah. color. I can shop by, right. you know, top style or, you know, all the different size, all the different. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Brands. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And I don't I haven't seen it quite that advanced uh, on most Do places you know, with grocery yet. But you bring up a fantastic point around just applying a already existing technology actually and our platform approach so it's something we have to create that filter but now let's apply that to new to varieties and or the endpoint keeping the consumers that destination so i love the panel today that was talking about um potatoes and thinking about the full value chain anything from the breeder now to the grower now to retail and food service and then also somebody that's interfacing with consumers particularly gen z in university foods service. And what was fantastic is they were identifying their own points of friction um, within, you know, and how that could be solved for to bring greater varieties to market. But really the interesting thing was, I don't know, merchandising by color, is this really where we're going? Is that it? Um, There's so many more things we could be thinking about. I could say the same thing for apples. I could say the same thing for lettuce varieties. Um, and, and what we're doing then is elevating the category because to consumers, because we're giving them something else to think about, um, we're being less one-dimensional. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, and I, I heard a couple, a couple folks too, talking about, you know, it it seems like a lot to think about that and like, oh, well, we've got a lot of different items. We've got a lot of different categories, but I mean, it's easy enough to start small, right? You have, yeah, you gotta start somewhere. You know, yeah, like one one meal solution recipe a month, maybe, and you you market it, you know, in each of the different departments. If it's if it's fish and asparagus and lemon and you know something yeah. in center store, or you know you you, you, you can wind of, that up too, right? Like you let's, can let's let's you get can some bigger baskets. That in. Yeah, you can kind of ease it in and experiment and. I think that's the thing, right? Is like, and some <laughs> some of these retailers are already doing that, and they're doing it with those retail dietitians. So, yes. um, they're creating almost like a meal planner, or not just a recipe, but now a meal. Yeah. Now it's a bundle. Now I'm like, ooh, I see an appetizing picture. It's all done, yeah. or and or a video that's like, this is how easy this mm-hmm. is. And now I'm inspired, and now I'm ready to make the action. I'm gonna click. Do you like this? meal, not this item, but the whole thing. And now it's really a one-click situation. It's all in my cart. Yeah. Amazing. Well, and like you said, to have, to have that, you know, that meal solution be activated when you add one thing to your cart, it's kind of like if, if you go to a fast food restaurant and they say, oh, do you want that all cart or do you want the Your, meal? Yes. Yes. Right? Like, 
like, yes. use all these things that all the less healthy things are doing. Yes. <laughs> there were some fruits There's and vegetables, right? Something to what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think you pulled a lot of really great examples together, whether it be, and that's what we should be looking to as other industries, whether it's others within the food sector, others within the retail sector, or you mentioned the fashion sector. And, you know, what's great is that technology, like already, there's a baseline there. Um, and you can probably start small. The desire has to be there. And even if you start out with a pilot program, um, you know, and just see, that's what, that's what we can do, you know, is just take a, take a leap and um, try something new because when it comes to fruit and vegetable consumption, I think what we also said today is we got to try some new things and we have to also say like, there's probably some things that we're doing that really aren't working. Mm -hmm. And so let's just be honest about that. And let's try to look at what is kind of at least a very next step 101 and, and take a leap here and try it and learn from it. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it's really interesting because you guys, of course, talk about all forms of produce, not just fresh, but canned and dried and frozen too. And I think that that gives a, you know, more of a leeway for, for, you know, different departments within the store to be able to participate, right? And even oh, yeah. to maybe get the rest of the store on board with some of these things. Because I was thinking about, um, you know, the, the marketing and kind of like opportunity as a retailer to present yourself to the community as like, maybe you really just go in all in on fruits and vegetables. And that's something that if oh, you've got great. your... Yeah, you know, you've got your rewards program and Annette and I were talking about this is, you know, maybe you have for National Fruit and Veggies Month, maybe you make everything double points in your rewards program oh, that's, that's cool. fruits and vegetables. You know, there's amazing. all kinds of neat, neat things that, that can be done. And I, I really want to, I love what you said. So some of the research that we've done on all forms is really, um, it indicates that when if we keep the consumer in mind and we say, what are they trying to solve for? What's the meal occasion and or snack occasion they're trying to solve for? Different forms can really benefit them in certain moments based on, you know, it could be um, an issue where we're really looking for convenience or we really want to like level up and like try something majorly new and, and, um, or, and or deconstruct it um, as well. So I think different forms lend themselves to different occasions and or different experiences, and they're not all bad. So we find that when consumers, the consumers that are eating as more forms, um, they are typically eating a greater volume of fruits and vegetables when you, when are inclusive. And that's good. Fresh is actually still the dominant form um, of, of fruits and vegetables eaten. Now, what I think we could take it another step further. So we're not saying, um, let's say, uh, you know, fresh, somebody was using the concept of uh, frozen okra versus let's say fresh okra yeah. even. Um, but what I'm talking about is if we really, for retail, and they're fantastic at this, is keeping the consumer in mind, why can't we do, or why can't we partner uh, with a frozen pizza or lasagna and a bag salad and and maybe even put a few more, let's say it's a pizza, put a few more veggies, some cut up peppers mm -hmm. on that pizza, like zhuzh it up a little bit yeah. and really encourage people to um, think about meals, those meal solutions mm -hmm. that are very simple. People need simple 
Um, and when they want to get elaborate, they can, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. that's always there. Most yeah. people are looking for simple and they want to feel really good about their choices. Mm -hmm. That emotional connection, which we were talking about can really inspire future purchase. Mm -hmm. Help me feel great about what I'm doing today. I'm trying my best, you yeah, know? Exactly. Well, and I love, I love the example of the, you know, you could do, you could do a pack of sliced peppers and onions or something to go with the pizza, right. Or, yeah. or whatever it looks like, but to be able to just meet people where they are a little bit and just, just step it up in those little occasions where, you know, now you're getting an extra half a serving of veggies or what, whatever fits on a pizza yeah. slice, you know, like it's all those incremental things really add up. That's right. And we've even like basic things. And this was raised today, like, uh, by our food service colleagues, burgers, we can make those traditional. Um, and we can also make them blended and we can also make them with different, um, flavorings and sauces are different versions of them that also have many more fruits and vegetables, either in the burger, on top of the burger. And this is like a favorite. So why not give people more opportunities to level up that very almost staple item in many American households, particularly during the summer, for example. So there are, we have to just be open mm -hmm. to this idea and, and really make sure that we're putting the consumer at the head of the table. And, and I, I do, I love the, I just come back to loving the idea of meeting people where they're at. Right. Cause you know, most folks, I, I know my husband is not trading in the burger for like only vegetables, right? Yeah. Like the burger or the is, salad. is like, not going away. Yeah. yeah. Like the pizza is not going away forever, but if you can, you know, even use those as occasions to get fresh produce in, I think that becomes so powerful. Well, let's just tie that just for a moment. So if you're going to have taco Tuesday, every Tuesday. This is per Dr. Wood is that is the familiar context taco Tuesday. If I now go and say taco Tuesday includes the tacos and includes lettuce and tomato, but now if I'm like, Oh, and it includes some guacamole. Oh, and it includes some additional sauteed peppers and onions. And then if I I'm doing that on a weekly basis, Ashley. Mm -hmm. And if I level up a little bit on that, it's yeah. probably going to be more flavorful mm -hmm. also and more exciting yeah. for folks. So I'm not going to have maybe that, that uh, meal, you know, fatigue that we're talking about, exactly. but I also get to maybe experiment and that can be exciting too. So it's a familiar context for which now it's not just, I always buy the shredded lettuce and the diced tomatoes. Yeah. Um, but now I'm also going to add mango salsa and some guacamole, and I'm going to have that side of, um, you know, grilled veggies. Yeah. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, and I think that has such fantastic marketing and merchandising yes. implications, because like you said, you, you tap into something that when we talk about habit forming, you tap into something that people are already doing. And, you know, so, so all the groundwork is laid. That's right. And it's just add a little extra, right? If, if the lunch boxes are the thing, right, then here's the, the snack pack size of carrots or the, the apple slices that are bagged and ready to go. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like just tapping into those things that are already those there. familiar context. And then we're going to add into that. Yeah. So then it becomes, we always do this on taco Tuesdays and the reward, by the way, cause we can't forget yes. that <laughs> the reward is like, these are different. I like these, you know? Oh yeah. And like, oh, these taste amazing this week. What do we do different? And now I'm motivated, right? As a mom and particularly like, oh my gosh, you guys like this? Great. Let's keep, <laughs> let's do it. Let's, what do you want to try next? You know? Yes. So that's cool. Oh yeah. Well, the, in the example of that, that, that I've been sharing with everyone is I asked 
my my foodie friend um, Amelia, who I used to work with, yeah, um, to to give me a recipe for citrus because she's she's a fantastic Super you know home chef, and, yeah. And she sends back a recipe for turnips and citrus and olive oil, honey, salt, pepper, and wow. fresh rosemary. All right, and I need so that recipe. yeah, really easy. And it was delicious. And I had, ne- I had never had turnips. Or like even putting, the, I, and you work in the British <laughs> or know. like putting that combination together. Ooh, honey. What? I never would have. Yes, that's that. going to caramelize. It was amazing. And now I've been buying turnips every couple of weeks. Wow. That recipe. That's and, so cool. And fresh rosemary. So yes, like, it's just, it's can just be that easy and easy, right? Like we all know logistics and implementation and right, right, right. store level and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, think about that, you know, two extra things in the basket every two weeks. That's right. So 52 divided by two, you know, weeks yeah. a year, whatever that is, you know, I, I think it's, um, so I love what you guys are doing Thank you. and really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with me and, and have you me out here, of course, Absolutely. as well. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time. We're thrilled that you're here. Thanks for coming. Awesome. Thanks, Wendy. One more thank you to Wendy for taking the time to speak with me and for inviting me out to the conference. Looking at the bigger picture of fruit and vegetable consumption is such important work and it is so key for the future of the produce industry. If you want more conversation along these lines, you can check out our earlier episode with Annette Maggi, the retail account manager for PBH. She's also the executive director of the Retail Dietitians Business Alliance. We had a great discussion with Annette on how retail dietitians are helping their companies take advantage of some of these great opportunities in building on existing habits. Um, They're already doing some really, really cool things that I think will be great inspiration uh, for everybody out there. Other recent topics on the podcast include breaking down walls between departments at store level and the corporate level, space allocation in the store, approaches to training, seasonal resets, and many, many more. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week on the Produce Retail Podcast.